Welcome everybody to another episode of Strife's Sanctum. My name is Citizen Strife, and this week I'm going to dabble in a series that I really should have gotten around to long before this. Um, that being Shantae. And really, this kind of came out of nowhere for me over the last couple of months. Because this was something that I'd heard about, but I'd never really ventured into and watched and watched people streaming it. And then I saw a friend streaming it and really understood what was going on and was just like, all right, I'm going to check this shit out and see what's going on. And to my surprise, this is really, really, really freaking good. And I think for me, one of my reticences about getting into retro games, mostly retro platformers, is the difficulty sometimes and most times when i'm thinking of platformers i'm just too reticent to want to play them anymore it's i i just don't want to do death pit stuff i don't want to jump down like it's like playing old school castlevania or the harder Mega Man games you know that sort of difficulty or even some of the harder stuff in dkc uh, but this was certainly on the lighter side of things. This is more played for comedy. This is more of a Metroidvania. And the the death pits and the spike stuff and whatever is kept to a bare minimum throughout the series. And I was like, okay, well, let's see where this goes. Would this be more my speed? And a lot of it comes down to the music, which is really freaking good. The, com the comedy, which is hit or miss, but is usually just played for stupid which is always good and the characters and i've said that mostly the last five or ten years or so i'm not really into gameplay anymore i'm into the characters and their stories and for a platformer this does what it needs to do and it really does come down to shantae risky boots and some of the other dorks that are kind of inhabiting this this like not Middle Eastern, but Middle Eastern slash Southeast Asia kind of vibe. And like these island nation things and just the vibe that it's of exploration. And again, I'm not always into exploration as a, as a concept, but the, the melding of the stuff I know from Metroidvanias to the anime aesthetic, which is very apparent in this, to just this weird kind of energy that this provides. Now, Half Genie Hero is the, I want to say the, it's either third or fourth game. I'm going to say, because they had one on the, GB, the Game Boy Color of all things, but then they took some time off to do, um, just they couldn't make it, they couldn't make another one for the longest time. So the producer, Matt Bozo, the director, um, just couldn't really get a game off the ground for a while. They ended up coming back with Risky's Revenge, and this was kind of their first more modern version. Uh, Half Genie Hero was kind of the most popular one. They've released a couple since. Um, there was one called Seven Sirens, which was fine, but we'll get to those games when we get to them. Um, but Half Genie Hero was the one that I saw on a stream recently. And it does some things that are different from the Risky's Revenge and Seven Sirens, but it also does enough that it's sticking with all of the ideas. A lot of these are kind of in their own storyline and stay in storyline, but they're all self-contained, so don't feel like you have to mess around with the whatever threadbare story there is 
to enjoy the gameplay side of it. What sets Half Genie Hero apart is it's very stage-based. Um, Risky and Sirens was more go in a place, do the Metroidvania thing. You have your stages and you have your main hubs, but you also have, you know, you find an item that gets you to go digging deeper into a thing. This is more go to a place, do the thing, do it, and then collect collectibles later in different stages. You can always go back, but the aura of the stages was not so free-flowing and whatever to go do the thing you were always in like this is the stage we're at this is the next part of the stage we're at this is the next part of the stage we're at you see you can see where i'm kind of drawing the line here what really does set this game apart though is the music which i will get to but we'll start with shantae herself now she had a different voice actor in the um voice acting apply i guess in the second game uh megan glasser but the, the more recent games have been voiced by christina v and if you know anything about my channel and any of the reviews i've done you'll know i've talked about christina v a lot um but yeah she was velvet in berseria she was darkness in konosuba she's done tons of music she was she's done some music for river city girls which is also done by way forward so I'm going to get to talking about River City Girls someday, and thank God I want to talk about it. Um, but um, but yeah, Christina's been doing stuff for over a decade. She's been doing music. I mean, she did a cover of Bad Apple from one of the Toho games that was really fucking popular. Um, so she's great. <laughs> Suffice it to say. And what's, what really is cool about this was not only that she does the Shantae voice, and she does a couple of lines here and there, you know, but the, the voice clips when she, you know, gets hurt or does the transformations and stuff. But she even sings the theme song to this. And it, nothing else, if you hear the, if you see this game or have heard of this game or uh, any of the collaborations she's done on YouTube, um, she's done the song Dance with the Danger, I think it's called, or Dance in the Danger. One of, the, one of those names. But I was really floored by it. I mean, I would. I've been a fan of hers for a while. But but it really sets the tone and the music really does. And I think what sets, separates this game from sirens is the fact that Jake Kaufman did this and had a real sense that this was a middle Eastern Southeast Asian kind of vibe, Persian vibe. Cause she's a genie. Her character is a genie. You're supposed to have the middle Eastern vibe. That's what this is from. It's like Aladdin. She's like, you can't have Aladdin have it set in the fucking frozen north of fucking Canada. You know, it doesn't work. Um, I, I feel that some of the songs in Sirens didn't really fit the mold because they were trying too hard to be, like, techno. And I mean, you can have techno and metal and shit. You still have to have, like this mystical crazy vibe of this other fucking world that I'm not used to that, that sort of experimentation and fantasy and this hits it in space. So a lot of the theme songs for Shantae or her various cohorts, the song for risky boots are really fucking good. Uh, one of the best songs in the game is actually more of a Castlevania homage than anything. And it's, uh, I believe it's in a, a part known as the hypno Baron's castle. And it's essentially beat for beat, a Castlevania song from the 2000s, right? And it's just, oh God, it's so good. So normally I talk about plot and characters first, but I had to get the music stuff out of there first because I was like, yeah, you want to start with this one because the music is great. Um, but anyway, Shantae, 
is always being pestered by risky boots this uh female pirate um they have this like weird relationship like shante wants to be her friend but risky doesn't and risky's always doing shit and shante has to stop her and it's like it's almost like sonic sort of wanting to be dr robotnik's friend or doing the thing where she never like he never kills him he just stops him every time and then they begrudgingly become like not friends but always seem to work together that sort of relationship and it works um most of the time risky is also voiced by christina too which is weird because it's the same person doing two voices that are almost the same but whatever they're not related but shante is tasked with finding pieces for a, a dynamo because they get attacked by risky because they always get attacked by risky at the beginning of the games that's how the shit works and for once risky's actually the main villain rather than just an annoyance half the time and she's trying to you know do these weird things with these other other weird barons and people that are trying to mess with mermaids and stuff and every stage just has its own kind of vibe to it but risky's whole thing is she has pieces of a dynamo she wants to create this killing machine and stop the genie realm and whatever but shantae needs to create the dynamo to help the city of scuttletown keep everything working like a perpetual energy machine sort of thing so while she's trying to do that for crazy uncle who's the kooky scientist inventor type the professor farnsworth type you know she's got her friends sky roddy tops and bolo around to do things it's cool that like sky is her main friend and sky like is her whole job is to fly shantae places to start start levels it's kind of neat um but the main mechanic as far as the platforming goes, is a, is a typical platformer. Jump over cliffs and do the thing and climb up the thing and do, you know, scurry and crawl and climb. What sets Shantae apart is transformations. So she's a sort of dancer sort of thing. So she does damage with her hair. I know that sounds weird, but um, but yeah, she's got the super long braid or a super long ponytail or something, and she just whips it. How she doesn't have neck issues, I don't fucking know, but she just whips people with her hair, and it does damage. But she can also transform. So she's had several different transformations in several different games. Most of the time, it's like an elephant to charge through walls, a monkey to do the Mega Man and the Samus, you know, jump, you know, diagonal off the wall kind of thing. Um, I think they added, they added some unique ones like she turns into a crab to swim underwater she turns into a mouse to kind of scurry through these like minuscule little pads that you see um if you've ever seen like those weird relief paintings with those little like square shaped holes and pads think of a mouse just scurrying through those to get through different areas um some of these stages are vertical where you're getting chased up by a monster some of them are flying in the air on tops of these fucking um these fucking airships to beat the shit out of more people on airships um it's a it's a it's a unique look because i think other games are focused on the metroidvania find a thing to keep going back further into another thing to find another access point to do another thing this is more find a stage do the thing keep going but you can like i said before you can keep building your arsenal because not only do you have the hair whip thing 
not only do you have the transformations for for access and attacking and all sorts of fun stuff, you have sub weapons. Uh, most of the time, it's like a fire shield kind of thing. You have these revolving shields. Sometimes you'll just chuck weapons. Think of Castlevania sub weapons. That's the the best way I would describe it. Um, so Shante has the ability to do all the hair whipping stuff for damage, but then she can, you know, use a fire shield to do tick damage while the enemy's in their, in their path, that sort of thing. You can, you know, wolf down, uh, you know, sandwiches and chocolates and all that stuff for HP or, you know, do that typical stuff for health and stuff. You know, they didn't leave anything to chance with this game, which is nice. Um, really what it is, is this game doesn't fuck around too much it really lets you kind of sink your teeth into a different style of of fantasy because as i've said i grew up with you know aladdin as a as a kid you know that middle eastern sort of vibe and i think while this doesn't directly do that i think it's the whole shante is a genie so it's essentially playing a female genie you know not making wishes and stuff like that, but you have the idea that the genie realm is a super-powered thing, so she's a protector goddess thing, you know, but she's a half-human, half so she's not only all-powerful. So Shantae's whole thing is she's trying to stop Risky from doing the thing, but she's a super-nice girl, which gets her in trouble because she's kind of stupid, but then it lends itself well into the comedic aspect. This is not a game that you're supposed to take seriously. It's it's a it's a fun game. Don't get me wrong, but if you're trying to do something super serious like a Mega Man X, no, it's more in line with something like Donkey Kong Country or Mario, where it's it's comedic and jokey, and you're not supposed to just worry about things. This is a game that you pick up and you have fun with, and you get a good five to six hours with it. The coolest part about Half Genie, uh, Half Genie Hero, is that they've built on it. And they've built on it more so than they built on, say, something like Seven Sirens. They, they ran a Kickstarter, and they even had it where fairly recently you were able to um, do campaigns as Risky Boots herself. So if you wanted a change of pace and you didn't want to play as Shantae, you could play as Risky and do that sort of thing. So they're willing to build on this concept of these two characters because it really does come down to Shantae and Risky you know, carrying the the weight. It does kind of get old sometimes, but at the same time, it does have that Dr. Wily Mega Man and uh, Sonic and Robotnik vibe to it. If you like that sort of, like, dopey comedy but want a game centered around it, it's not that invasive. It's done well enough that I think you just have a good time. If you want a game franchise that isn't going to take up, you know, because I, I talk RPGs all the time. They're 30 hours, 40 hours, sometimes 100 hours. But this is six, right? At most, you were going to play for three to four. 100%ing it would be five to six hours. It's meant to be a nice, breezy game, and they're done very well. I'll talk about others when I get to them, and hopefully I want more of them. But this is a nice little kind of primer for things. Um like I said, this was the this was one of those franchises where I wish I'd known about it way sooner. 
especially given my uh, love for River City Girls, you would think I would have heard of Shantae and played it more. I know they're different franchises, but they're done the same developer. So you would think that that sort of crossover would have gotten to me, but I'm glad I did. It's one of those things that I'm really into now, and I wish I'd gotten into it way sooner. But this one was going to be a quick review anyway, but hopefully that was enough to kind of convince you if you weren't a fan of Shantae already. But um, other than the things that we've got going soon, like Secret of Evermore and Case Study of Vanitas and How Heavy Your Dumbbells Lift, um, we've got the Final Fantasy uh, villain rankings coming up in February. Um, as I said before, it's going to be about any of the main villains of the main non-MMO games. I'm not an MMO guy, so bear that in mind. It'll just be the mainline single-player games. So think Kafka. Think Sephiroth. But it can also be X-Death and Gilgamesh, or Seymour and whomever. You know, So the final bosses and the main henchmen, at least the ones that have the highest profile. And I will rank them based on their effectiveness as villains, their motivations, the music that they have, the intimidation, you know, all sorts of things. So it, even if you might wonder, like, why the fuck is that guy so high? Or why is that guy so low? Or why isn't this guy number one? You know, bear that in mind that it's not just about them as a whole. It's about a lot of different factors that I'm kind of weighing on the fly and thinking, you know what? As an overall package, this character deserved to be higher than this guy. It's probably going to cause some concerns, but whatever. Anyway, after that, we're going to do Fantasy Star 4. This was a game that I really, 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 really enjoyed. This was uh, Sega's answer to RPGs, and they did a damn good job. It took them four games to do it, but they finally made a very fucking good one. Uh, the first one's really good, but the story... The storytelling in those first three games is kind of uh, basic. And two has these weird dungeons that are kind of like mazes and shit. Fantasy Star 4 is one of the best RPGs ever. So I'm glad that that gets uh, its due as its own review. But that'll do it for me. This was a nice little short one. So I'll see you guys next time.